What's going on, y'all? Welcome to the People You Meet Podcast. I'm Richard White, and thanks for tuning in. In episode 18, we meet a few Wildcats from Phyllis Wheatley High School's class of 1968. They recently celebrated their 50th class reunion, and I was there to crash it. I mean, document it. Throughout the night, they share a few gems they've learned about life, tell them about their kids and grandkids, what life was like for them back in the day, and in their eyes, how the world has changed. With all the graduates combined, more than 900 students belong to the class of 1968. Over the years, many have moved and passed away. But the ones who came out celebrated for themselves and the ones no longer here. They've been planning this weekend for some years, and here's where it all came together. With that being said, I hope you enjoy. I'm Linda Foley Nickerson, class of 1968. Good evening, classmates, spouses, and invited guests. On behalf of the reunion committee for the Phyllis Sweetie High School class of 1968 50th anniversary, I am delighted to welcome you to this historic event. It is really wonderful to have all of you here to celebrate with us tonight, especially since many of our classmates can no longer in reality join with us. Nevertheless, we feel their presence blesses us, blessing us at this moment in time. For Harrietta Wright, graduation was a day she'll never forget. My most proud day of 1968 was the day that I graduated, and I graduated in the upper 20% of the class. And I was so happy we rode the bus home. We usually walked, but we rode the bus in cap and gowns, and it was just wonderful. And I just enjoyed my year in 1968. 1968 was an important year in American history. Showing up to say a few words about the time period was Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. Well, if you remember down memory lane, I know there are those souls that are not here, but you lived through the tumultuous assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King, and I know that you walked out of school. I just know that. You could not even fathom, you couldn't imagine. You, you were wondering, what is America coming to? And then, of course, they didn't let you rest. They took out Robert Francis Kennedy just a few weeks later. And then in 1968, some of you had either older brothers, maybe even a sister, be in Vietnam. Maybe you, do I have any Vietnam vets here? Vietnam vets, there you are. What a year, right brother? What a year. Here's Marine Blanks Giles giving a recap on what life was like for her in 1968. Life was great because we never even thought that far in the future. We, we had no idea about what a Facebook was, what a cell phone was, a pager, or any of those things. We just made things happen. At that time, we communicated better with each other. We had more friends. We looked out for each other. We protected each other. We worked together better because we didn't have all of these other things to be concerned with and to preoccupy us. Uh, it was wonderful. We wonder now how we made it through without those things in the past. But we realize that a lot of things that we have now were not necessary then and they're not necessary now. Uh, <clears throat> it was great because I had friends that I could talk to, friends that I could uh, depend on, 
um, we stuck to our guns, if, if you would say. If we say we were going somewhere and we were going to do something, we had to do it. You know, now we can say we're going places, we're doing things, and it doesn't happen because we're, we can uh, camouflage it and we can lie about it. We can, we can change things because of all the new technology. Uh, we were told that things would change. My mother, I remember my mother telling me that in the future, that was back then, in the future, machines will replace people. And I thought she was out of her mind. And she said, just wait. She said, get everything you can get now education-wise because when the time comes and when things change, you're going to need it. She said, learn to type. Learn to use all kinds of machines. She said, get everything you can. Get every, uh, get every ounce of education that you can possibly get because the time is going to come when they're not going to need one person is going to replace, or one machine is going to replace four or five people. And, you know, when we're told those things when we're younger, we think our parents just don't know what they're talking about, that they're old and that they're confused. But she knew exactly what she was talking about. She said pretty soon they won't need a man out there with the machine to dig a hole in the ground. With You know, there were certain machines they used. She said there will be... Uh, computers and other machines that will tell the machines what to do and you won't need all those people out there to do it and lo and behold here it is it's happening these things are happening they've come to pass also during that year the Vietnam War where for a few Wheatley grads life changed for them instantly Nathan Wade was drafted in 1969 and recalls the exact moment where he first received notice yes I was at home Talking, speaking with my mother and my siblings. I had four brothers, five sisters. Yeah, I opened it up and I was shocked. <laughs> I was, then, you know, that particular time we had a bunch of draft judges and everything. I just figured I just wouldn't be one of them, but evidently, uh, I guess good Lord saw fit to send me in there too. So. As for his time in the military? It's my service tenure was miserable. I got drafted in March, and in August I was in Vietnam. That let you know that they didn't train me too well. <laughs> I was fighting, you know, with weapons that I didn't even know anything about. I mean, they taught me how to break them down, clean them, but as far as, as being an avid pro, uh, armed soldier, no, I was not well trained enough to be in such a combatic situation as that. Uh, I got out the service. I was happy. How to use that term? I was happy to feel like it. I was got jumped out. I couldn't couldn't wait to get out. All I, I couldn't even remember getting out. I was so happy to get out. <laughs> if you could understand that one, yeah. <laughs> After he got out of the service, it took him some time to land a career, but he did. He worked his way up in the Postal Service for 33 years and retired as a supervisor in 2005. But what he seems to be most proud of is his time as a father, grandfather, and great-grandfather. I have a son and four daughters. I have a stepson and a stepdaughter, so that's two sons and five daughters. I have about 14 great-grandkids. I have about eight grandkids so and they're sp spread all over from uh, Chesapeake Virginia 
Atlanta, Georgia, right here in Houston. Yeah, we good. I have a son that's a judge. I have a daughter that's getting her doctors now. I have one that's a nurse. I have two daughters that work I think for the city of Houston now. Integration played a big role in education during 1968. Wheelie's head basketball coach at the time, Jackie B. Carr, gives a rundown on what he and his teams fought through, but also accomplished. Well, most of 1968, that was the uh, first year of integration uh, in the HISD, and uh, I was a coach during that during that time. And uh, the first year of integration, we uh, we won the state championship. Yeah, that was a uh, <clears throat> That was a great year. Of course, the uh, the white uh, the white coaches they always say we were behind, and uh, and we had uh, took us four or five years to learn how to play against them. Uh, but then uh, we won the first year. In fact, we won the first five years. Uh, while they thought we were supposed to be getting ready, we was already ready. Uh, they they weren't used to our style of play, and. Uh, they, they couldn't handle the situation. Coach Carr wasn't the only teacher in attendance. Dolores Atkins was an instructor and showed her face as well. In those 50 years, she also took flight to see the world. I have lived in two countries, and I have uh, moved about four times. I've lived twice in the United States. I'm in San Antonio now. And I have just seen a lot of things. I've uh, been, I've traveled quite a lot. I've seen, you know, Israel, Egypt, Singapore, you know, Asian countries. I've just seen a lot. And I just came from a mystery trip two weeks ago. That means I didn't know where I was going until I got there. <laughs> uh, I lived in Italy three years. I had a son while I was in Italy. And then I was in Seoul, Korea for two years. And the mystery trip took me to New Hampshire and Vermont. Along with seeing the world, some moved away to other states, made a life of their own, but still stayed in touch. Matthew Ford Jr., a.k.a. Teddy, has lived in Oakland for decades. Through the years, he's learned so much. But if he could tell his 18-year-old self one thing... Well, what I would tell 18-year-old Teddy is, hey, Teddy, hang steady, don't be so ready, because Freddie is dead. And that's what I said. So you just back up and be a little bit more objective about what you do in your decision-making process. Much of what you see on the surface is all lies. Your eyes be telling us alibis and nothing is, is true. I mean, and by that I mean you, you, you kind of rush into things without really knowing what you're doing. And so I learned that I, I didn't know nothing. Nixon knew Agnew and I didn't know nothing. When it came to certain decisions that I probably made that caused my life to take a certain turn that it did, but then when I when I look look at it today, I say, well, even that was good because I came through it and I overcame it. But going back, I was I would I would be more guarded and more discriminating, you know, in how I behaved and how I handled myself. Of course, that's. The wisdom that I have now that I didn't have then, you know, I mean, I was sharp to a degree, but not as sharp as I've become. Today, I'm much more guarded. I'm much more secure. I'm a little bit more conservative, you know, and I can say no, and I'm not motivated by this or that because I know God is first. And in that, I, I have more 
more, more control and more joy and more peace and happiness. I first got notice of the class reunion a few months ago. So the reason I'm in attendance and in existence was because of my mom, Mary Lockett White. Oh, it was just an awesome experience. It was just like reminiscing all over again. We recognized a lot of faces and and couldn't remember everybody's name. But as, you know, everybody gave us their name and find out what's your name and, you know, what what class were you in, the January class of the May class, and it then it clicked. But it was just a beautiful experience to just get together with so many classmates who we don't see every day and it was just great very fulfilling very heartwarming very heartwarming as joyous as those memories are there's one day she'll never forget was the day that um they announced over the pa system april 4th 1968 was the day that Dr. Martin Luther King was assassinated and we were all in school and it was just like, we didn't know him personally, but we felt um, it was just like a void and it was just a solemn day, very solemn. And um, we experienced, they, you know, when they made that announcement, we weren't expected to hear that information but when it came over the PA system over the whole school it was just everybody you know cried and everybody was heard and everybody um, knew that you know this was a man we didn't really know a lot about him but just what we probably had heard on the news or read in the newspapers but it just was just a solemn void feeling that went through us and we will never forget that day you know the time that it was announced it was like in the morning I believe or midday but it just hurt us really 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 hard to know that we had lost such a great leader during that time of you know that year as long as i can remember my mom has loved being a weekly wildcat so if you want to know if she'll be at the next reunion yes yes looking forward to it if you have to if it all goes you have the lord say the same yes yes looking forward to the 60th and you know as many as i can yes i plan to uh, maybe we might have a 55 the next five years you know they'll probably start working on you know what we could do for the next five years and so uh or the next 10 years yes so yes i have great anticipation you know just to be included in the number Mm-hmm. Ladies and gentlemen, the Phyllis Wheatley Wildcats, class of 1968. Big I shout out to everyone involved and who attended, especially Miss Harrietta Wright, whom I've known since I was in grade school. Can't close out the episode without giving a shout out to former Harris County Commissioner El Franco Lee, who passed away almost three years ago. He was also a proud member of this 1968 class. The song taking us out this week is Tighten Up by Archie Bell and the It was the number one song in the country the last two weeks in May of 1968. Our music is by Mark Henry Beats and our image is by Evan White. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at TPYMPod, on Instagram at the People You Meet Pod, and the People You Meet Podcast on Facebook. If you like this episode or any others, be sure to leave a five-star review and tell a friend. We can be found on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, and Spotify. I'm your host, Richard White, and thank you for listening. Until next time, be safe and be great.